would get your uh, smart devices out, your cell phones out, and uh, go to the Grace Life page and share that we are live. Tag somebody that you may know that's not here so that they can watch it. And when you get there, there's also a place there that you can turn on the notifications. So if you're not in the building, you'll be notified when we go live. Okay? Am I missing anything? Do you want to share now or later? Okay, come on up. Would you welcome this beautiful blonde that she shares with us this morning? Sorry, I was grabbing it out of your hand. I'm sorry. No. Hello, good morning. Thank you all for coming out and everything. Um, and, and I just got changed, and then I had to go out and get my glasses. <laughs> so I'm sorry if I interrupted. I hate to do that. Um, but every time we come in, and I love all the songs Jennifer does, and when the song Every Victory, and then it just spurred out. I was looking at it before, but not in depth, because I'm very, I want to know, you know, detail before and after and what it means so I can give good context to things. And so, um, but anyway, one voice, you know, one victory, one Jesus, and that's what it is, and there's only one power, and I know a lot of times, I'll just say this quickly, I've said it before, sometimes we think that there's other powers, and there's Jesus as the higher power, so we got to get the lower powers to submit to the higher power, and sickness might have a power, but actually, there is no power, but one power. It's only one, nothing else has any power, so whenever... Um, sickness comes or contradictions come or whatever may come and you think that it has some sort of power that's coming in there's only one power nothing has any power except that that you give it so if you want it to have power watch the words that you speak and you know we don't want to do that but then I went I was the scripture is in Acts 17 and my phone keeps going off where Paul um, and Silas they were traveling through and going to different places and speaking. They were in Thessalonica, and then they were on their way to Berea. And then as he was passing through uh, one of the towns there, and I'll get it better, he was addressing Areopagus because it says they were saying, what is this doctor? And this is strange stuff you're, we're hearing in our ears. We've not heard this before because he was preaching this Jesus that you've heard is the Christ. And so he was speaking about Christ. And they've never heard that. They only knew of religion. You know, they didn't know God as Father. They didn't know Jesus. They didn't know there was only one power or anything like that. And so just a synopsis to say, he, when Paul went there, he saw that it was, it was just a conglomeration. This isn't as his custom. It was just, that's another little rabbit trail. Jesus went to the temple as was his custom, and so did it say Paul did as his custom. So it's our custom to come to church and hear the word, to hear this doctrine, to have open ears. And I know you're going to talk about that. But that's what they wanted, to hear what is this that you're saying, it's strange to us. And he said, well, I noticed, this is my paraphrase, that you've got all these little idol things that you're worshiping because there were Jews and Gentiles and all kind of different pagan things going on. And they even had a statue just so they wouldn't leave anything out to the unknown God, you know, that they were worshiping. He said, well, this unknown God that you're talking, he said, this is Jesus because it's in him that we live and move and have our being, right? And we are his offspring, and even Greek scholars, it said, has said that. And he said, so therefore, since we are his offspring, and he was talking to everyone there. So you, God doesn't make anything that's not made of him that doesn't have his geno in, already in us. And I had this dream 
Um, and it was really weird because they come out of the blue, and I know we've heard it before, and I've said it before, but then this dream came up again. And, and one of the holidays coming up, we always pressure wash our house. And um, there, so we were, I was out there at our garage and in the driveway, and I was tr getting ready to pressure wash, and this guy was going around, and he was like, you know what, I'm going to do that for you. And we're like, well, we always do it. I want to just get this one right here. And he's like, no, if you're going to do it, then I won't do any of it, right? And, I, and you get where I'm going with this. And so I said, okay, well, all right. So I walked in, and I always go in through the garage, and I always hit the garage door shut with the, the thing. And as I hit it, I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, there was this beautiful butterfly that was in the garage. I locked him in. And I do like butterflies, and there was this, and, and he was black, and he had this real pretty outline of blue and this different colors and everything. And I thought, man, I got this poor little butterfly in here. I gotta let him out. Well, to me, what that was, and, and then I woke up, and then I dreamed a bunch of different things. But to me, it was like, you know, here I was trying to do all this stuff myself, and he wanted to come and do it. And so I was wanting to do even just a little bit. You know, we let God do some things, but then we feel like we have to do a little bit more of, the, of other things. And he was like, you know, he resists the, he'll give grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. And it's not that he's not giving me grace, but he's like, if you want to do it, I'm going to let you knock yourself out so you can come to an end to yourself so then I can work in your life. And so when I went in, the little thing was like, see, we already have the gene. We live in him. We live and move and have our being. We were already in Christ before the foundation of the world. So when he, we are his offspring, we already have the DNA in us to become fully who we already are from the beginning. And inside, if I, as I was doing that, I wouldn't have let the full creation of my creator come out if I was going to be doing some things on my own, thinking I could do it. That butterfly wasn't going to come out. When we go to Disney on the Flower and Garden, there's a, there's a butterfly tent. And we walk through, and you can see the progression of the cocoon and how it all processes. And if you mess up one little thing, it won't come out. And so that was what it was telling me. It's like, Lacey, you got to let, you know, because you, the tree, and I think, okay, we got to keep going back to the tree, the tree of life, because it's good to do certain things. It's good, but is it beneficial? Is it taking other things away that you're not letting him do? So it was, you already have the DNA in you, who you were created to be, and that's what I wanted to say. Just kind of rest, relax, listen to this good news. Open your ears. What is this I've heard? We haven't heard this. At Grace Life becomes like, well, I've never heard this gospel before, this gospel of grace. And it's like, we're not even probably doing it justice, you know. But it, and it's been so exciting and going on 10 years, and there's always something new, something new. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you know. And he does give us grace to continue giving us revelation. But I just want you to know that he is your dad. You are his child. And it doesn't matter. Um, you do the, the born again part comes where you're believing. It's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I am born in Christ. No one in Adam anymore. I'm born after the last Adam, you know, and he poured out his spirit on all flesh. Am I aware of that? Maybe not, but I'm going to let you know, and I'm going to, I want you to reap the benefits of heaven here on earth right now in the kingdom. So anyway, I was going on a tangent, and I'll let you preach, but I just kept going and going in different, different ways. But anyway, I just wanted to let you know, tell you about my little dream I had. And it was for me, because, you know, when I get up here and say things, it's not for just, I mean, it's really for me, too. And it's something that I, I want to share out and let Christ be expressed. We are his expression in the earth. And 
um, there is only one God, one power, one victory, and it's him. And um, there's only one true God, not an unknown God, it's him. And this, what is this news that you're getting ready to tell us? We're going to open our ears so we can hear it. Amen. Okay, so that's what I wanted to, you don't have to clap. But. <laughs> Very good. Encouraging, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, I get to hear it all the time, and it's, it's good stuff. It encourages me. Um, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and uh, get your, go to the app and give this morning. If you're not using the app, you're online at home, you can go to the website, Grace Life WV, and hit the Give tab, or you can text to give. That text to give number is 888-364-4483, and you can give by Venmo as well at Grace Life WV. Uh, Matthew wanted me to make sure that we reminded you to give. Uh, next month, we're starting a series called Radical Love, um, and uh, this month we're in a series called Open. Last week we talked about open eyes, and this morning we're going to talk about open ears. Will you get your Bibles out, your smart devices? Um, I uh, usually write scriptures down in my notes for two reasons. Number one, I jump around from different versions. I do have uh, one Bible that Lisa bought me a few years ago that I love and I would recommend. It's got commentary in it along with the scriptures, the Mirror Bible by Francis Dutois. And it's very, did I say that right? And uh, it's French, <laughs> but uh, South African, Francis Dutois. But it's, I mean, it's probably that thick and it's not even all of the New Testament and it's none of the Old Testament. Uh, he's writing some of those. Another good translation is the Passion Translation. Uh, that gives you beautiful language. Uh, I, I love reading. It's beautiful, especially when you start reading about Jesus. Um, but I have learned and memorized most of the scripture that I know in the King James or the New King James. I use the New King James when I'm studying, and I go to all of these others for references. So I don't bring a Bible up here that would kind of look like a, a scroll that would be rolled out from one end to the other, uh, to get these different versions and I have had people that were concerned because sometimes I do bring my Bible to the pulpit because I'm going to stay in one translation but most of the time I have jotted down I keep this book with me all of the time I write in it constantly notes that the Lord's giving me that sometimes aren't even in my sermon notes that he prompts me and I'll go to that but I have my scriptures written down they're on my paper we try to put them on the screen uh, for you um, but others have asked about that, and when even on Wednesdays when I read from different translations, people weren't following, so uh, I, I'm sorry about that. I'm not trying to point any fingers, but I do want to make it clear why I do that and why I have my notes up here, and if you ever have any questions about any of those scriptures or concerns, I would be happy to talk to you and give you a response. Notice I didn't say an answer. <laughs> I'll give you a response, but my mentor, one of my mentors, Dr. Lynn Howes, posted this quote this week, and I thought it was excellent, especially leading in, especially leading into today's message on open ears. Listen to this. Your message, message is much more palatable if shared with the right attitude. 
insults and sarcasms like the apostle Peter is like the apostle Peter cutting off the ear of the man in the garden learning to put away the sword is the first step to healing the cut off ears of the hearer beat your sword into plowshares i think that is excellent because a lot of times we have really good news to share with people but when it is delivered, even good news delivered in the wrong attitude cuts off the ears of the hearer. Paul said it this way, our speech with one another should be in such a way that when I leave your presence, that you, it's been seasoned with grace. I should never walk away from you with a bitter taste in your mouth because of the language that I used, the vocabulary that I used. Now, a lot of people say, talk about the, you know, curse words and four letters. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about our conversation should be such that I walk away from you and you like the Cowboys just like I do. <laughs> We're talking about Jesus. That's right. Keep it on the main thing. I told them earlier, we'll be out of here by 4.30 because the Cowboys play at 4.30 today. <laughs> no pressure. But I, you know, I like questions, so I want you to ponder a question as you listen to the message today. Meditate on it throughout the week. Ask yourself this question. Does Christ have my full attention? Just think about that for a second. and I'm not putting any condemnation on just an inventory of my own life. Like Lisa said, this is for me. Does Christ have my full attention? It is His words that build faith, Bring life and shed light. I invite you to listen to his words as declared over a deaf man. Mark the seventh chapter. As Jesus is ministering, he's going from town to town. They bring a deaf man to him and mark, mark the seventh chapter. Now, I'm not suggesting that we use all of the same tactics unless the Holy Ghost really prompts you to. But this deaf man can't not only hear, he cannot speak. He's deaf and he's dumb. And Jesus sticks both of his fingers in this man's ears and spits on his tongue. But I want to concentrate on verse 34 and I want you to hear this. Let's believe together today that he's speaking these same words over us. Jesus spoke over the man's ears and declared, Ethpathaka which is Aramaic, and it means open up now. Just think about that. Open up now. Where are his fingers? In the man's ears. What is Jesus speaking over? He's speaking over his ears, and he declares, open up now. I hope that echoes in our spirit over our spiritual ears. As far as I know, everyone in this building has the ability to hear my voice right now. If so, say amen. amen. If you're at home, say amen. Because you can hear us. Maybe those that are watching may not, but the words are going across the bottom of the screen right now in closed caption so that they can understand what is going on. But I'm speaking of our spiritual ears, our heart, our soul. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. There is only one voice. I love that Jennifer picked that song out 
this morning by the Holy Spirit. We've, give, we've got a playlist on YouTube. It's available to all of you all. If you go to our YouTube channel, you can look under the playlist there, and it's got a 2024 Grace Life Worship playlist that you can listen to. That These are going to be the songs as the Holy Spirit leads Jennifer from this set of songs for us and the band to be uh, worshiping together in. But I love that that lyric said, there is only one voice, and it's the voice of truth. You ever heard Casting Crowns sing the voice of truth? One of my favorite songs that they ever did. It's calling out to you. It's a noisy world, isn't it? And there are a lot of voices clamoring for our attention. They're competing with one another to grab our attention. We have the 24-hour-a-day news cycle. We have social media. We have Sirius XM. We have local radio stations. We have any genre of music that you want to listen to, even at their fingertips, cable TV, streaming services. Their politicians are trying to get our attention with their voices. There's just a lot of voices competing for our attention. And my question is, does Christ have our full attention? Some are incredibly good at grabbing our attention and drawing us in. And so I would ask myself, so why don't I always hear his voice as well as I want to or I should or I might? We're praying that our ears will be open, that the Lord will give us ears to hear which means that is the ability to go beyond the audible. I, I believe that I've heard the audible voice of God one time in my 54 years. But I believe that He's spoken to me a, a whole lot more than that one audible time. So opening our ears is going beyond the audible, beyond strife, beyond struggle, beyond this competition of all these other voices, to hear His voice in everything. Everywhere, all the time. I believe, and I like it, that I even hear His voice when I listen to Journey. Things like, keep on believing. Don't stop believing. Things like, faithfully. I'm yours, for always and ever. He's speaking to me through all types of ways, and if I can hear His voice. Opening our ears to the kingdom realm is not bringing the physical ability and moving it into the realm of the spirit. It's based upon, listen to this, based upon our intentions. Are we intentionally listening for his voice? Our willingness and, as we said last week, our openness. Are we open to the move of God? Are we open to the course correction that he wants to give us? And a lot of times that course correction is going to come from hearing His voice in our spirit and Him guiding and directing us. I was telling Chris yesterday, I believe that you are, a lot of us are at a fork in the road and we need to hear the voice of the Father, that voice of truth that tells us which road to choose to go down. Now, He will allow you to choose whatever road you want to take. But when he guides you to a certain road, it's so that on that road where he's going, gone out before you and he's made the crooked path straight and he's brought the low places uh, up and he's brought the high places low so you can just keep on trucking, following him, missing those things 
that could distract you and hurt you. Now, we are in this world, and in this world we will have tribulation, but I would rather be on the road that He has directed me to be on by His voice than to be on a road because the tradition of man has said that's the road that I should take. Now, I, I understand the context of Revelation, the second chapter, verse 7. Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, Christ, it's written in red, Christ is speaking, and He's speaking to the churches of Asia Minor. There's seven churches. And the context of that is specifically to the churches. He says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, the content of what He says to those churches were specifically for those seven churches in Asia Minor. He was not speaking that to the churches of today. You cannot take what Christ said specifically to those seven churches and say, that applies to you today. Excuse me. Yes, you can apply it, but not the content of what he was specifically saying because I'm going to use it as an application, not an interpretation this morning. The application is that if he spoke to the churches in Asia Minor, he wants to speak to the churches today. And he is speaking to the churches today. Are we listening? Are we listening? Are we listening for a religious agenda? Are we listening for a don't do that, do this, or do this, don't do that? Because a lot of what we've been heard and been taught from pulpits in America are the do's and the don'ts. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but when we get in a mode of listening for do's and don'ts, we miss the voice of the Spirit saying, you're my son, you're my daughter, I love you, I accept you. We might find it difficult to hear because of distractions. Like I said, last week we learned that the adversary creates illusions in our minds that bring those distractions, but there are also voices out there, even good voices that say good things that could distract us from the better thing. Oftentimes these distractions are subtle and they, begin, they continue to clamor for our attention. What's the most important thing to give our attention to is the voice of truth and not the uh, tradition of men. Jesus himself said that it is tradition that has made the word of God of none effect. What's made it powerless in our life is because we have gone to tradition, we've adhered to tradition more than we have the voice of truth. I believe there are masses that continue to live out of tradition instead of listening to the voice of truth and opening their ears to it. So I submit to you that it's time to change the frequency. It's time that we get in alignment and change the channel so that we are hearing the voice of truth. That one voice with one power, one king. His name is Jesus. And he's speaking to you constantly, continually. We must open our ears to what Jesus is saying. That's where we start. We start with what Jesus has said. That's a solid foundation. What was going on in Jesus' day, the Pharisees were adhering to the law of Moses, 613 laws, narrowed down to 10 on stone tablets, but they had added, now listen to this, they had added oral tradition. 
When it's oral, it means they were speaking and had been passed down. And many scholars believe that by the time Jesus was walking the planet and these Pharisees had their phylacteries and their long gowns and their tassels, that they had added tassels because that made them more holy of the laws that they were keeping. All the way up, now we don't just have 613 written laws, we have 1,500 oral traditions added to the written law. Now, you as just good Jewish people didn't even know what the law said because you didn't have a copy of it. The copies of the written law were in the synagogues. And the priest would get up and read from the scroll. Then he would give commentation on what he had read from the scroll. And then people would have to adhere to what the priest had said. So Bobby, who had never read the scroll, and probably now young men up until the age of 12 could follow a rabbi and could learn the Torah. But if you were a carpenter or a common man, that really wasn't what you were going to do. Your dad was a carpenter, so you're going to be a carpenter, and your kids are going to be carpenters. And you didn't follow a rabbi, so you had to take the priest's word for it. So if I get up and start adding things that aren't in the written law, it becomes oral tradition, and I'm putting condemnation, I'm putting do's and don'ts on you, and you're hearing, how can you keep up with it? And I believe... That's, what's, that's why we have over 300,000 denominations worldwide. Because people add oral tradition and that it's become tradition of men and not the voice of truth. Now, I'm not saying that all those denominations are bad. and No, not at all. A lot of those started out as movements of God that he was really moving on them, and in, throughout church history, they've drifted from where God really birthed that movement into existence. We must open our ears to what Jesus is saying. Last week I started out by saying, I believe we're under an open heaven. I believe that in Matthew, the third chapter, when Jesus was baptized, and it says in Luke, it actually says that as he came up out of the water, the heavens were rent, opened up. And the Spirit descended like a dove. Watch this. Under an open heaven, there's a voice. And it's the voice of the Father. It sets a precedent for Jesus' ministry, but it sets a precedent of how the Father is always going to speak to us. Listen to the language of an open heaven. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. You are, I am, a son of God, a daughter of God. He's not changing his language towards you as a son, because as he sees Jesus, as he is, so are you in this world. So because of the blood that has been shed and applied to your hearts, when you believe, he looks at you and sees you. And he says... You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. His language doesn't change. God is not telling you one thing one day and another thing the next day. If you want to know what the Father is saying in the earth, listen to and look to Jesus. Now, I see a world all around us where the voices 
are increasing all of the time and getting louder and louder. What we should believe, how we should believe on all types of issues. I mean, just take your pick. Put your hand in the basket and pull it out. Somebody's got a voice about it. But Jesus is that voice that we should be listening to because having open ears to the voice of truth brings clarity and consistency. And 1 Corinthians 14.33 says it never brings confusion. Clarity and consistency. That's how you will know that it's the voice of God. And it's not a voice of confusion because right there, look at the Scripture. He is not the author of confusion. He does not communicate in a way that would bring confusion. He's not the author of it. So it's coming from some other voice if it's bringing you confusion. And if you want, just keep listening because He will tell you the same thing tomorrow that He told you today and yesterday. It's clear, it's consistent. So our prayer should be open our ears to your promises and to what you are saying to me about me. Brother, listen, I'm convinced, Chris, that God will talk to me about me. Now sometimes he does give revelation through his men and women of God, but anything that I would say to you, God's already been telling you. It's just going to bring confirmation to what the Holy Spirit has already been speaking to you in your life. John 14, 26, Jesus declares the Helper will come, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and He will bring to your remembrance, watch this, all the things that I said. One of the main Jobs of the Holy Spirit is to continually remind us, bring divine recall to us about what God has already declared over us. And it will match up. It will line up. The words of Jesus have shaped the course of history more than any other voice in them that has ever existed. Now, the words that He speaks are spirit and they are life. John 6, 63. He declared the words that I'm speaking to you are spirit, pneuma, breath, and they are life. As he speaks, he continues to breathe new life into you. And he's giving you life. Now, when it's taking longer than you thought it would take, <laughs> when you've gone through disappointment after disappointment, you can say, man, anywhere you want. People are failing you. Churches are failing you. The medical condition isn't improving. Negative thoughts start playing over and over in your mind. These are false narratives where you've held a grudge. You've got bitterness in your heart towards someone or something from the past and then you keep replaying that and rehearsing that and as you play that over and over in your mind and you rehearse that, then you're not giving Christ your attention and you're not going to hear His voice. It's not that He's not speaking. It's that those voices are drowning out what God is speaking to you. Stay open to His promises. Stay open to what He tells you. Because He won't tell you that He's going to do something and then not come through. God's not a liar. He's not a man that He should lie. Do not listen to what the problem is telling you. Jesus' words never give attention to the problem. They always give attention to the solution. Jesus isn't going to come talking to you and giving you 
uh, fuel for your problem, he's going to come along giving you an antidote for that problem. The reason that I believe many are discouraged in the churches today is because they don't think Jesus is speaking to them because of X, Y, Z. See, they've been told that if they do this, say this, watch that, go here, that they are separated from God. That, that creates distance between you and God, and the further God is away from you, the harder it is for you to hear His voice. But I would suggest and submit to you that He never will leave you nor forsake you. You are in perfect union. You are one in Him, and He is in you, and that seamless oneness cannot be broken. That's why at the cross, when Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The Father and the Son were never separated. If the Father and the Son were separated at the cross, which I know they weren't because Colossians tells us that God was in Christ redeeming the world, reconciling the world. See, it says God was in Christ. Well, if He was in Him at the cross reconciling the world, then He never left Him. But what Jesus is declaring and crying out is a song from Psalm 22 that when you look at the context of it, He is declaring, I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. I am the one who was foretold that I would come and give my life. And even at the bottom of it, he declares in Psalm, 120, or Psalm 22 at the end, you've never left me. So you can't take things out of context. So the voice, you are not separated from God by your sin. God's not afraid of your sin. He doesn't take off running. What a contradiction that we would tell an unbeliever now God is speaking to you, sinner. God's drawing you. He's talking to your heart. But then we would tell a believer who's fallen into a trap that God's left them and not speaking to them. God has never stopped speaking to you. He is speaking to you right now. Would you just begin to thank Him for ears to hear? Just declare it. When you're struggling to hear it, just thank Him. Father, you've given me eyes to see and ears to hear. Next week we're going to talk about a heart to receive and a mind to receive and a heart to believe. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing, and watch this now, this is the correct translation, and hearing through the words of Christ. It's Christ's words that build up faith in us. Why? Because we're going to see it's His faith that's brought us to where we are, and through His faith in obedience, He's going to be ministering to us the words of spirit and life. And that will build our faith up. Faith is rising through the words of Christ. So maybe you feel as though you will never receive your answer. Jesus said, Did I not tell you the work that I started in you, I will bring to, to completion. A lot of people are asking, What is the plan for my life? Your life is already His plan. His life, your, I'm sorry, your life is already His plan. Before the foundation of the world, because of His great love, He adopted us as sons and daughters. That's been the plan, that you are His sons and daughters. You live out your life. Do you know what? If you like to fish, God likes to fish with you. If you like to sow, 
God likes to sow with you. He'll be right there with you, enjoying the things that you're enjoying. <laughs> That's right. If you feel the oppression of the adversary, Jesus says, did I not tell you? I will fight your battles for you. And that, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I like this one. And every tongue that rises up against you shall be scattered. Anybody ever have a tongue rise up against them? But Jesus says that he'll scatter that tongue. But what happens, child of God, saint, is we give ear to those other voices and it brings discouragement and distraction. Jesus said, no weapon formed against you will prosper and every tongue that is rising up against you, I'll scatter it. That's a distraction. Am I giving full attention to Christ and his words? When you have open ears to hear his voice, You'll stop worrying. You'll have peace in the midst of a storm. You'll have faith to believe for the impossible. You'll have courage to face your giants. You will have endurance to outlast opposition. You will have favor to accomplish more than you could ever imagine. What he says always overrides what you're seeing on the surface. We must start believing what he says over every other voice. Jennifer, if you'll come. Hebrews 1.1 says that God, who in times past, in various and diverse ways, spoke to us. Now this is Paul writing to the Jews, the Hebrews. And he says, God, who in times past, spoke to you in various ways, and in various times, one commentator says, that that means that sometimes he spoke to them and sometimes he didn't. That's what they believed. Because Deuteronomy says that they were enemies of God in their own minds. God's never been your enemy. But when you think he is, you don't think he's talking to you. But he said, God spoke to your fathers, to you through your fathers, the prophets. That's how he used to speak to people in the Old Testament, the history of the Jewish nation. But now, somebody say now. Now when he says this next phrase, they were in their last days. Our last days are the past days. I'll tell, explain that to you at another time. But he says now in these last days, he has spoken to you through his son. Go back and listen to last Father's Day's message. It's on our YouTube page and on our Facebook page. The language of the Father is the Son. He speaks the It's through sonship that He speaks to us. <laughs> That's how He's speaking now. If you want to know what He's saying in the earth, listen to Jesus. John 12, 49, Jesus shows up in his incarnation proclaiming the words of the Father. I only say what the Father tells me to say. He is the exact representation of the invisible Father. So if you want to know what God's saying, tune into the frequency of Jesus. Go through the scriptures, look at the letters in red and see what he's speaking to you, about you. When Jesus speaks, I believe lives are transformed. I believe that the trajectory of your life is forever altered as you listen to the voice of the Son. It's a course correction. 
we've been talking about because He chastens those that He loves. He corrects you in a direction because He doesn't want you going down the road that you're going on. He knows that the road that He's chose for you is much better. When Jesus speaks, dead things come back to life. Diseases are cured. Darkness is dispelled. Lisa goes over my notes and she wrote this down right here for me. And I believe it's excellent because I told you that in John 6.63, Jesus said that my words are spirit and they are life. Why? Because He's the tree of life. And when we eat of His fruit, which are His words from this tree of life, which is the tree that we should be eating from, Darkness is dispelled. Life is given. We're healed in our minds and our bodies. Question again. Are you expecting to hear His voice? Because expectation is a key to manifestation. Are you expecting to hear His voice? I'll end with these three things. With the Holy Spirit guidance and with open ears, as you hear his voice, I believe it will do three things for you. Probably much, much more. But this is what I've narrowed it down to. Number one, it will strengthen the inner man. Paul said that the outward man is dying day by day. It's perishing. But the inner man is growing and is built up. How? By listening to the words of Christ, having open ears to what the Spirit is saying. It builds up our inner man. That gives us endurance. Number two, it brings us to a place of rest. Your battle position is rest. Your battle position is not fighting. We need to learn to change our language and our vocabulary from a battlefield mentality to a bedroom mentality. Because on the battlefield, you're a warrior, you're a soldier, you're fighting a battle. But in the bedroom, you're the bride of Christ, the lover of his soul. And number three, I really want Grace Life to hear this this year and participate and become bolder in sharing the good news. Everywhere we go, we should be impacting everywhere we go with the kingdom, sharing good news. Not Bible thumpers trying to serve, shove a verse down somebody's throat and condemning them for their behavior. Now, I know that there are opportunities and there are times that those of us who are strong in the faith, we would strengthen those who are weak in the faith. And we may need to give. Some, but I'm not going out looking for someone and saying, well, Darius, the Lord told me about this in your life. But if it's, there's an opportunity and it's visible and they're struggling with something, we minister to that with love and grace. But we need, as we listen, I believe we will be emboldened to share the good news. Listen to the voice of truth calling out to you, telling you who you are, speaking the intent and the plan of the Father. As you stand this morning, let's listen to a couple two things that I believe I want to release to you this morning. Make a decision in your heart and mind right now. Make a decision today not to be distracted. Make a decision that I'm going... I'm not going to be, my attention isn't going to be pulled off into other things. I'm going to give my attention to the voice of truth. 
I want to release over you right now freedom from that religious obligation and the undue stress of always having to do more, want more, and produce more. Would you just just take that right now? I'm going to say it again. I, I release you right now from the religious obligation, the religious mindset that's constantly telling you you have to do more, you need more, and you've got to produce more. Instead, I speak over you blessing, provision, and abundance. The original intent of God the Father to His children was blessing, provision, and abundance. Why else would Jesus say that I came to give you life and that more abundant? Why would God of all heaven and earth, the creator of the universe, step out of heaven and bow on His knees? So that's what the word blessing means. And honor His children. And He says... I will provide all of your need. According, He's a provider. I trust that at Grace Life we're creating an atmosphere free of shame, free of guilt, judgment, and condemnation, free of fear, so that you can hear the voice of truth clearly, consistently, and without confusion. That's our goal. That's our desire. That's our intent every week is to create an atmosphere and I'll just say it this way that is relaxing and restful because if you're in an environment that is chaotic and just full of all types of things going on that would confuse you it's hard to hear the voice of God make a decision today I'm not going to be distracted I have open ears to hear would you got something to sing as we just meditate for just a second and then you respond as how how the Holy Spirit directs you.